This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Welcome to the Oklahoma Sports Show. I'm Jason Evans. Alongside me is Jared Kennedy. Jared, how's it going, man? What's up? Going pretty good. Going pretty good. Well, that is good to hear. Well, Jared, we have made history. Well, I don't know about history, but at least for the first time in 2016, all three of the big state schools were victorious this weekend. Can you believe it? Uh, well, I I can, but it, it wasn't by a large margin seemed like each team kind of had their uh, – kind of skidded by there close at the end. But uh, good games, a bunch of good games, and 3-0, what can you say? Yeah, there's not a whole lot more you can ask for, I guess. When you get into conference season, uh, a win is a win is a win, and I think we'll we'll talk about that uh, actually with all three of these teams. But, uh, Jared, just uh, as we get started, I think w- we should probably start with the Red River rivalry. It's the, the game of the week here in these parts. And uh, really, I think a lot of people didn't know what to expect. Uh, perhaps Texas is playing for – Charlie Strong and his job and and you know OU's trying to right the ship and go ahead and win their 10th conference title but uh 45 to 40 was the final and uh this game seemed to have a little bit of everything didn't it Jared It did I you know we got to I got to watch a lot of the first half and then I saw um you know periodically in between you know we were at the Oklahoma State game but uh started off uh you know tight and then Oklahoma kind of jumped up on them and it was at a point to where you were thinking okay Oklahoma's about to put them away and then uh Texas with that late minute uh last minute surge there to make things interesting uh made it uh made it made it live up to expectations yeah I agree and um I mean it was just I, I think that's the type of game that uh you know no it doesn't matter what side you're on you don't necessarily want it to be a close game but, uh, I mean, yeah. as a fan of football, that's always the way you want it to go. I mean, you know, Texas scored with a minute 45 remaining in the game to pull within 45 to 40. And then, uh, you know, they they potentially had had a chance to, to uh, get the ball back, but it just didn't happen. Um, but, you know, kind of looking at this game, when we previewed it, we talked a lot about Texas's rushing attack um, versus OU's run defense. And, I mean, you know, what did you see – or, or as looking back on it, how did that play out? Do you think it was it was kind of what you expected? Uh, no, I, I, I really felt Texas was gonna uh, pound it a little more than they did. I mean, I know they rushed for you know had forty six attempts at it, but at points I felt like they abandoned it a little too easy. I, I thought, you know, you guys, here's an offense that's based on the ground and pound, and uh, you've been moving your way through. Uh, lines, uh, you know, up and down your schedule. And I, I just felt like uh, they kind of uh, – there were points. I know you look at the the stats and you think, well, you know, they had 46 rush attempts, uh, you know, compared to about 36 pass attempts. But still, it just had that feel of, like, why right here are we passing the ball when, you know, we should be pounding it and uh, picking up those yards. So, uh I mean, they still fairly, you know, 180 yards, not nothing to, you know, be terribly disappointed at. But, you know, when you're averaging, you know, up there in the high 200s uh, per game, 
I expected a little more out of out of their front in rushing. Yeah, and you know, that, I think that was kind of the matchup we were we were looking towards. You know, I think OU was coming into the game only giving up about 130 on the ground as a team, and so really, uh, it was kind of a battle of strength on strength. And and OU, I mean, they came out victorious. I mean, they they did what right. it took. Uh, Texas finished with 180 yards on the ground. Foreman. Uh, you know, had that injury last week against Oklahoma State. He really didn't show signs of it. 25 carries, 159 yards. Um, but on the flip side, I don't think oh, anyone, you know, the way OU's been running the football, not that they've been running bad by any means, um, but but this game really, in my opinion, for the first time all season, uh, they, they got the running game going to the tune of 282 yards. Uh, and this is the first time, you know, they, they were able to run effectively against like Louisiana Monroe, but um, this is the first time that that they were able to to really move the ball on the ground. And P Ryan, uh, for the first time this season, I think looked like Samaj P Ryan. Thirty five carries, two hundred fourteen yards, six point one a clip. Um, that's a that's a a workman's job uh, in this game. And and you know he did it against Texas, so I know Oklahoma fans have to be happy about that performance. Yeah, I, I mean, any well, first off. In this rivalry, you know, you walk away with the W, fans are, you know, pretty happy, I, I would think. You know, yeah. it, it's it's one of those things where, the, you know, a team's, you know, 0-3, 0-4, and the other team's 4-0. It doesn't quite matter in a rivalry like this. Um, it's whoever shows up uh, is going to win the ball game. You could throw your statistics and your stats aside uh, when you match up in the Red River rivalry. Hey, anything can happen. So to get that W – I think fans, uh, OU fans, got to be ecstatic. They got to be excited. Uh, on, on the other hand, I think uh, it's it's shaken up a lot in Texas. You know, they they start. It's they, it's been a roller coaster season. They've been up. They've been down. They've been up. They've been back down. Uh, is this Charlie Strong's last thing? Uh, he took over the defense. Defense. The first half for Texas, I thought was playing well, exceptionally well. I thought, hey, here we go. They they've made that change. They you know. Charlie's dialing up some plays. Then, at whatever point, uh, it kind of got away from him. Uh, Oklahoma went on that hot route um, and, and started cranking in the points. Got that, you know, fairly comfortable lead. And then, uh, you know, Texas kind of turned it on there at the end. So, uh, I, I think fans, you you have to be happy with the W. Texas, uh, of course, you're not happy. Um, is there that such thing as a moral victory? I don't think so, especially not in a game like this. So, yeah, I would think uh, OU fans are on a high and Texas fans are on a bit of a low. Yeah, I I agree, and I want to I want to kind of come back to Charlie Strong here in a minute. Um, but but before we do that, you know, you you talk about him. I guess we will talk about him. He took over the defense. Uh, OU two of their their three first possessions ended in an interception. And uh, so it did look like that defense played inspired. They gave up a touchdown in the first quarter and then just the only 14 in the in the whole first half. And, you know, at halftime, you know, you're looking at a 14-13 game. And, and I think uh, when we kind of talked about predictions last week, I had predicted kind of a low-scoring game just because on average in this game it, it usually is a little bit lower. And so, you know, I was feeling pretty good about myself, you know. Yeah, yeah. 14 exactly. to 13 and then, you know, the second half, uh, both teams just made those adjustments and 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 really, you know, Baker Mayfield got going. You know, he threw those two picks in the first quarter, um but finished 22 to 31, 390 yards and three touchdowns. Um and and really 
really now for the last two weeks, uh, I think OU fans have to be happy with the way Baker's been playing. I mean, he has not been perfect by any means, but he's playing uh, the way we've seen Baker Mayfield play when he's when he's toward the top of his game. Um, and you know, it in what you've seen, I mean, is it is it just is it starting to click for him? Is it what is it in your opinion that's making him uh, kind of look like he was as a as a, uh, last year as a first full time starter for OU? Well, I think uh, I think some of it has to do with you know I I talked about Baker's the type of uh, quarterback where um, he's he's going to make big plays happen and and he. He doesn't sit back and you know play the patient game. Sometimes he he uh, you know he reacts and and tries making those big plays. And we're probably seeing that a little bit. That's why there's you know he's thrown a few uh, interceptions and you know he got a couple here. But uh, he I think he's playing a little more aggressive. I think he's I think he's more back to just natural instinct and ability rather than, you know, thinking too much. Uh, I, early on, I think he was doing a lot of thinking. Now I think he's starting to just be the quarterback that he is, reacting a lot. And uh, he's starting to, you know, I think fans are kind of sitting on the edge of their seats. They're 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 sitting there saying, okay, he, he, Baker's right there. He's right there where we want him. All we got to do is clean up, you know, these turnovers, uh, these interceptions that we're having, and boom, we, we got the, the Heisman candidate you know, we were expecting, not saying he's going, you know, in, in yeah. Heisman contention, the way the, the team's going, but as far as play, I think, uh, I think we're right there on the edge of our seat, just, uh, waiting for him just to, you know, hit, hit his stride running and, and be completely downhill the rest of the season. Well, I think that's a good point. Um, I, I, I do think you're seeing him just kind of let loose a little more than he did, especially in the Houston game. And then, um, you know, even in the Ohio State game. And so these last two weeks, I think maybe coming off of that bye week, uh, gave them an opportunity to, to really work out some kinks. I, I think the offensive line has done a lot better as well. Um, and then right. to, to me, probably the biggest story is D.D. Westbrook. The last two games, I mean, has, yeah. has really established himself as as a go-to target. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's sitting there with at 544 yards on the season. You know, he he they the, the Sooners desperately needed him to to step up in my opinion and and you've yeah. seen him um he had he had 70 yards against Houston, 33 against Louisiana Monroe, 51 against Ohio State and then TCU 158 yards, two touchdowns and then uh last week against Texas 232 yards a school record on 10 catches uh for three touchdowns. And so all of a sudden now it looks like uh, Baker has somebody that he can go to when he needs a big play because I mean he those are some big plays he averaged 23 yards a catch he had a long of 71 and which I believe was the longest pass play uh, in in the Red River rivalry game and right. so um, you know you're you're finally seeing him step up and you know that's got to give Baker uh, a feeling of just like relief to know there's somebody who's gonna who's gonna make the play if I just go out there and throw it. And um, I think that speaks volumes to what what the Sooners are going to be able to do as as they head forward throughout the rest of the Big Twelve season. Um, you know, I mean, you're sitting at two and zero in conference, and and really, you know, I know the the national championship picture is is probably less than a percent chance 
um, for, yeah. for Oklahoma. If, if that. If yeah, that. You know, that, that's just the way the game goes. But, I mean, you've, you've still got to think, okay, they, they have an opportunity to win their 10th Big 12 title. And, you know, the conference has been around for 20 years. I mean, that's, you know, that's, yeah. that's pretty amazing. Uh, when you think about it, and and those are all attributed to, to Stoops since he got there in 1999. So, um, you know, if you're if you're an OU fan, yeah, your your big picture may be a little little disappointed, but I mean, you've, you're still sitting in a good spot. And you've got to be you've got to be pleased with the way they've performed in the last two weeks. The game wasn't without craziness in the last two weeks. You know, the the opposing right. team had their opportunity. Uh, uh, you know, at the end of both games, but but to come out victorious, uh, like we mentioned at the top of the show, once you're in conference play, a win is a win is a win. So is that know. is that a Westbrook two thirty two? Ain't that that's a sooner record, ain't it? Yeah, that is. It's a school record uh, for receiving yards. Yeah. And so when you consider, you know, even recently the receivers they've had, Mark Clayton, Sterling Shepard, um, you know, even even going back before then, I mean, that's that's you're in fine company and yeah, and i right. mean that's just it's it's great for him to be able to step up and and make these plays in the last two weeks um you, you know, know it, go ahead oh go no i was, i you may be making that transition but i was you know speaking of great plays you know um i as far as cornerbacks and stuff i thought you know jordan thompson stepped up early on uh, for oklahoma big time um, he was making big time plays uh, in the secondary, mm-hmm. uh, having some nice batted balls. Now I think Texas made that adjustment. It's, and it, sometimes when teams go in and half, and and later on in the game they they say uh, you know they make the the in game adjustment and they maybe you know steer clear of them. I think it was almost like hey we it, we're going right at him. We're we're gonna you know make him make those plays again. And I, later on in the game, you know you you saw him. You know, give up a couple of big plays, but overall, I think uh, you got to hand to that kid that, that number seven. I, he was just—I uh, noticed a lot of big plays from him uh, early on in that yeah. game. Yeah, and and I agree. And you know, I mean, we've seen it time and time again in the Big Twelve already this season. I mean, defense is—it's <laughs> not going to be good. And you know, if you can if you can throw together a half of good defense. Um, you're you're probably going to be putting your team in a position to win. I mean, you see that. Uh, you saw it really uh, for OU this week, and you you saw it for OSU this week as well, which we'll get to them later. But um, you know, it's it just seems like if you can get a half of good defense, then then in the Big Twelve, you're putting your team in a position uh to be successful. Right. Um, you know, let's let's uh talk about Texas for a second and Charlie Strong. I mean, you know, they're they're sitting now at two and three, oh and two in conference. They came off the you, you mentioned the roller coaster ride. They came off the extreme high of the Notre Dame win uh at in Austin, you know, that place was rocking. Everyone was hoping that Texas had returned to form and now you're sitting oh and two in conference and I mean things just are not looking pretty. We, you mentioned that Vance Bedford was demoted as defensive coordinator. Charlie Strong took over the duties. And, you know, I mean, it's just not a good place to be right now in Austin. And, I mean, obviously, you and I, we we don't have any insider information or anything right. like that. But, I mean, what are your thoughts? Like, is 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 this it for Charlie? Does he still have a chance to, mm-hmm. to, to reclaim that momentum to get another what? season? What do you think? Well, I think it's a lot of times it has everything to do with, uh, you know, the setup and, and and how it's going and how it's rolling. You know, uh, sometimes 
you get the win and then you get a big loss. Everybody's disappointed, but then you, but then you can pull together a couple wins and then maybe you come back with the loss, you know, like right here in the red rivalry. This ain't the case for Texas. Texas is now 0-3. They've, they've had a three game losing streak. So when you're, when you keep falling like this, it, it just, I don't know. I really fear for, you know, Charlie, because I, I think the way it's going, you know, what I'm saying is, is had, had those, you know, losses come more sporadically yeah, and not man three in a row, you know, and the way they've been, uh, it's a, that's an awful hard task to overcome now, you know, the, and then they got Iowa state coming up and we all seen, you know, what Iowa state could do that, you know, at home, they're tough. You know, they, they took Baylor to the end. Baylor had a late quarter comeback. And then this past week, uh, against o- Oklahoma state, you know, they were, you know, in that game the entire time. Heck, they were on in, on top of that game uh, most of the time. So we know what kind of team they could be. So that's not going to be an easy task, even though it is, you know, in Texas. Um, and then at Kansas State, Baylor, it, it doesn't get easier for Texas Tech. And I fear that that, uh, that 0-3 margin, you know, stretch that they've, they've gone through the last, you know, three weeks um, – it's almost like a snowball effect. I feel like it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, I don't think it's looking good down in Austin. I think the first chance they get, the first, I think the first step was, um, you know, you know, uh, taking Bedford's place, replacing him. Uh, you know, that's kind of, a, I guess, a type of Hail Mary a coach can throw. Well, I'm going to get rid of this quarterback, this uh, coordinator, and I'm going to take over. And uh, so people kind of give you that second breath. And now it's like, well, what do you do now? You know, do you, you, I don't, I don't think that you can fire your offensive coordinator. You know, I, you know, I just, uh, I don't think it's looking good for, for a uh, strong. Yeah. And, and I don't think, yeah, I mean, and I know you're just, you're just throwing that out there. I mean, offense hasn't been the problem for this team. They've, they've right. scored 50, 41, 43, exactly. 31, 40. Um, you know, so, so they've been able to put points up on the board, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's one of those situations I was kind of looking through some stuff. You mentioned Iowa State. I mean, so far, the rock bottom for the Charlie Strong era was losing in Ames last year 24 to nothing. You know, they got absolutely shut out um, against that Iowa State team. And, and it will be a different animal in Austin. And, you know, you're going to see how will this team rally around Charlie uh, this year, this week. Because this is a game, I mean, as as... As Iowa State has shown strides these last two weeks, you've still got to imagine in Austin, this is a game that that the Longhorns should be able to win right. and and really take care of business. And so I think you know that snowball effect you're talking about, like Ames is or, or Iowa State is the is the real test. You know, like are you going to be able to stop the bleeding, or is it just going to just be all all downhill from here. So that will be interesting to see, you know, did you see, um, Kirk Herbstreet? Did you see his take on the Texas job yesterday? I, I didn't, uh, he, he called didn't. it a cesspool in light. In light. Yeah. He, he called huh? it a cesspool and basically just said, you know, who would want that job because it's unrealistic expectations. They forced Mac Brown out um and and really i mean he he went went for it and i don't know if maybe he's just a good friend with charlie or something like that but right. um you know he he really basically just made it sound like they don't know what they're doing down in austin and so on that note right. uh did well, you, hey and and if he's saying that about austin 
like I think LSU's ten times worse yeah. than what they're doing down there. But we won't get into that. I'm just it's uh it, it's interesting. It is, you know. Hey, that's what happens, those big time programs. Some a lot of times you, you feel and they're awful and unfair. But go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, it is it is unfair. You know, I guess both sides of the coin is, I mean, how much money has Texas spent in their on their football program in the last, you know, 20 years? And, you know, there's some big-time boosters that they've donated millions and millions of dollars. So you get the whole idea of, like, we're, we're giving this money and we want to win. You see it uh, kind of right. in the civil unrest with Boone Pickens and Mike Gundy, uh, you know, over in Stillwater. But right. it's like, so I get it. But, yeah, I mean, it's just... It, it's the way the landscape is anymore. It's just unrealistic to, to think you're going to win a national title every year. Um, you know, it's probably for a team like Texas, it may not be unrealistic to think you'll, you'll have a shot at least, right. you know, two, two or three years out of five. But, um, you know, kind of on the same note to bring it back to Oklahoma, you know, I think, uh, did you see the boss when he, when he kind of alluded to the <laughs> idea that Stoops should maybe just, uh, go ahead and pack his bags? <laughs> I, I did, and that that I thought that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I I kind of like those blunt comments, and I I think it makes things interesting. But man, you don't do that, especially when you're uh, in that tight with you know your alumni. And and heck, I think he just spoke to the team. Yeah, um, I think it was the, at Houston. Houston, yeah, yeah, for the Houston game, he was the speaker for the team, and then you know you kind of. But you know, hey. There's some uh, big name, uh, you know, alumni and guys that care a lot about that school. And so you think us fans get riled up about stuff. You know, those players who actually played for that university, love that university, you know, would do anything for that university. You know, I, you know, it's probably it's hard to blame them. You know, they're they're just as passionate about things as, you know, us fans could be. So, uh, yeah, I was awful surprised. I I, I thought it was awful. uh you know, a little sour of him to to say those things, especially you know in public and and uh, on a stage. But uh, but hey, what you, what can you do? Noth- nothing's unfair, you know, in this in this day and age in, in, in football. You know, you gotta you gotta take the heat and you gotta um, you get you get the glory and then you get the heat when it's you know as, as a head coach. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just interesting, kind of like you said. I mean, it's, sometimes it's fun when when some of these guys will actually kind of be blunt and appear to be honest because you always hear so much coach speak and so much you know it's just kind of guarded comments. Um, so on the one hand, but just on the other, I go back to I think you mentioned it after the Ohio State game. It's like who else are you going to bring in? I mean, I get the idea of like new blood could add new life, and but like I mean to be to be at OU's level, like who are they going to be able to? to go in you you mentioned last week all the potential openings in in LSU and maybe USC potentially Texas I mean you know what who are they going to get there's only one Herman around in Houston you know and I mean it's not like you can just go out they had a big they had a big loss yeah maybe the maybe the pressure got to him that that was well he was like hey man we got these opening jobs I want to you know uh, I want to take a shot at this, and and the pressure got to him, and they ended up losing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, and we'll talk about Houston a little bit later uh, in the Tulsa preview. But I mean, it's just, yeah, I guess, just fans are just, you know, we we want to win now, and we want to win big, yeah. and well, we're ruthless. Yeah, yeah, we're ruthless. We are. I mean, I am. I'll admit it. Yeah. Heck, I I don't like. You know, I'm the I'm the type of person that during a game I get so freaking frustrated that I'll holler and. 
and wish that this and that and and I, I'm quitting. I, I'll never watch it down again. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, you calm down and forget it. Well, you don't forget about it, but you calm down and realize that there's more to life. And then you you know you do better, and then you get mad the next week. So yeah, that's yeah. One thing I, I've realized is uh, these athletes are and coaches they're they're usually a lot better at getting over their mistakes than we are as fans you know we'll remember that one pass play that should have been caught or that one you know running back who didn't stretch out to get the first down you know and they they've already let it go past them so they can prepare for the next game (laughs) so sometimes we need to be that way as fans um it's hard i'll tell you but you know what i don't get you know a lot of times the 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 drop balls, the missed tackles. Sometimes, you know, yeah, I get mad at it, but it's it's not that stuff that frustrates me. It's the the effort, you know. Why is he, you know, jogging down the? Why is he loafing? It doesn't look like we're in this game. We're hanging our heads, or the intensity ain't there. That's the stuff that drives me nuts. Why is the coach not giving us an opportunity to succeed right here? You know, th- that stuff drives me nuts. So. Anyways, I can get off of tangent on that, but <laughs> I just, I, I like effort. You know, those, those boys, I, I realize that, you know, you've played sports. We've all played sports. It's, it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's, you know, want you want to turn around and say, Hey, you know, why don't you get your butt out here and you do it. Yeah. And you know, you show me how easy it is. So I understand, you know, and I understand errors are going to happen. You know, those things are going to happen, you know, and that's why, you know, in, in sports, I was always taught, you know, if you're going to screw up, screw up 110%, you know, don't, I'm not going to yell at you for the for the you know missed tackle if your efforts there. I'm I'm going to yell at you for for the reason you missed the loaf tackles because or you missed the tackles because you're loafing. So you got to give these cr- kids credit and you know we we get on them and stuff. But you know, anyways. Well, they're definitely fun. putting forth the effort, and that that serves as a perfect transition into the next week for OU as they they host a team that is never short on effort, sometimes short on talent. But in, in the Kansas State Wildcats and the Fighting Bill Snyder's, um, you know, as as Kansas State rolls into town, they come in three and two, one and one in conference, picked up a nice home win against Texas Tech uh, this past Saturday. Um, you know, if you, if you look at the numbers, I mean, you know, Kansas state, I mean, they are like a classic Bill Snyder team. They average only 155 passing yards and really only 188 rushing yards. So not an offensive juggernaut by any means, but at, on the same token, they're only giving up 310 yards on the defensive side of the ball. And so, um, you know, they, 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 unlike a normal Kansas State team, they got a, a nice early non-conference test at Stanford to open the season. And really, you know, they lost 26 to 13 was the final, but I mean, they, they showed that they're going to be capable of hanging, hanging around. Um, as, as we kind of prep for this game, what are, what are some things that you're looking for, Jared? Well, I, you know, it, you said it in the classic Bill Snyder, um, just hard nosed, you know, old school football. Just bury, bury your nose and 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 try to beat the man in front of you. I, you know, you look at the player, you know, like Ertz and stuff. He he doesn't have big numbers. Heck, he's you know less than fifty percent in, in passing. You know, and Jones, you know, he rushed the ball. You look at the stats and as far as uh, your skill players, and that they don't pop. But but. I don't think that they ever do in Kansas State, not and, and that's what kind of catches people off guard. They're they run a lot of zone read and that kind of stuff with their quarterback. 
And it just seems like every time um, you play Kansas State, you, you leave thinking like, like who who the heck is this guy? Now, where did he come from? <laughs> and it, it seems like Kansas State's just one of those teams. Bill Snyder gets them to play their best game against every every each opponent every week. You know, some some teams can can build up for their rivalry and all this stuff. Bill Snyder is a heck of a coach, and he knows how to get his team up. And it doesn't matter what kind of talent, you know, what kind of four star recruits are on the other side of them, you know, on the ball. Uh, Bill Snyder always gets his team to play hard. So I, I think that's just the key. Um, they're going to come and play. And for OU, if they can match their intensity um, and say, you know what, um, I, I think our players are better than you, we're bigger, we're stronger than you, um, all we have to do is is play as hard as you. And I, and I think if they get out there and match their intensity and play um, – It'll be a fun game, but I think uh, OU will take care of this. So, so my key of the game is just matching the intensity mm-hmm. um, of Kansas State. Yeah, I mean they'll come at you, especially on the defensive side of the ball. That's what I'm looking at. You know, right now they've 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 picked off five passes, they've recovered five fumbles, and on the flip side, they've only had four turnovers. Um, and so, you know, just they're one of those teams they don't give up. Uh, a, a lot of, you know, just they don't make a lot of mental errors, but, but, you know, on the defensive side right. of the ball, they're going to try to force you into, to making those mistakes. And, um, you know, if we've seen anything out of, of Oklahoma and really, I mean, not to, not to pick on any person, but Baker Mayfield, I mean, he's shown the ability to, to have mistakes. Um, you know, he's, he's right. proven to throw interceptions and fumble the ball. And, you know, so far in the last two weeks, he's, he's definitely been able to overcome those. But, but, you know, Kansas State is kind of one of those teams you just don't want to keep around because they'll just, right. they'll, they'll drive you nuts. Yeah. They, they play error free football. I mean, they, they're not going to make those mistakes. So when you, when you throw those two interceptions, you know, against them, they're going to, they're going to make you pay for it. And so they just, they, they're the type of team that just kind of sit back and wait for you to make a mistake, and then they're going to capitalize on it. Nothing flashy. They're not fancy. They're just a, a, an error-type uh, football team. Yeah, and and that's you know if if they're going to have a chance in Norman, that's that's how they're going to have to do it. I agree with you though. I think I think overall Oklahoma is definitely the better team. I think they've got more talent, more depth, and and they just have more playmakers. And you know, the, seeing Westbrook be able to stretch the field like he has the last two weeks, and seeing Mayfield be able to to find that open man, I just I think you're going to see OU be able to just just hold serve at home and and it may it may be similar to kind of the Texas game it may kind of be a slow right. and sluggish first half but i think i think by the time if 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 OU didn't jump on him right off the bat, you know, last year in, in Lawrence, they, they did. I mean, they just absolutely, or not Lawrence, Manhattan, Manhattan they absolutely, yeah. absolutely jumped on him. And so, you know, I mean, I think, I think you're probably going to be able to see OU win. And, you know, I've been terrible on predictions, you know, so I'm not even yeah. going to, I'm not even going to throw out a score, but I just, I think we should be able to see OU win, win fairly convincingly at home. I think that. Yeah. They they probably reset their focus and they're and they're going after a, a Big Twelve title and a New Year's they Six just, Bowl. They just better not be setting back because uh, you don't want to sleep on Bill Snyder because I guarantee you he's going to have a game plan and he's going to come at you and he's going to you know he's going to put that together. He's one of the best coaches uh, in NCAA history 
you know, in, in mm. my books, he's up, he's up there at the top and everything that he's achieved and what he what he's gotten. He's not like, you know, the Alabamas and the Texas and Oklahoma's where the recruiting pool, where he's just getting all these big time recruits. He's always done, you know, I'm not saying he's, he's never had, you know, great recruits, but uh, he's always got the most out of his players. He's always got more than what the players, you know, come to camp with. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's what makes him scary, you know, is uh, you just don't want to keep him around. So yeah, if, uh, if I'm o- Oklahoma, I, I jump on him quick and I jump on, on him early and I keep the intensity. You cannot allow, you cannot ha- have the game that you had against uh, the, um, Texas or uh, the TCU. You, mm-hmm. you can't have a game like that. You have to keep the intensity up and you got to, you got to step on your throat when you can and you got to put them away or else uh, they're going to, they're going to fight their way back in and, and maybe come up with the wind at the end. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think, uh, It'll just be interesting to see see how they come out, but but I do feel like OU has really kind of figured things out, and so um, it should be a fun game. You know, it's uh, Snyder, you know, Snyder and Stoops. I mean, they, you know, Stoops was on his staff, and and uh, you know, so that's that's always kind of fun seeing that that come back. But uh, it should be a good game. But um, you know, let's go ahead and switch gears, Jared, and let's let's move up to Stillwater. Uh, we were both actually at the game this this week, and so we both got a uh, a full picture on on that game. And you know, uh, I just want to start here um, before before either one of us get too riled up. Um, yeah, we talked about Snyder getting the most out of his talent. Uh, the last two weeks, we've seen Iowa State. Uh, lose a 14 point lead to Baylor at home and then lose a 17 point lead to OSU in Stillwater. And, you know, they were shooting for their first win in Stillwater since 2000, which I think we were at that game too. Um, and, um, You've got to give it up to to Campbell, um, you know the head coach. I mean, he's this is his first year, and and he's really, uh, I mean, he's doing doing everything he can to 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 right the ship there in Ames. And so so you've definitely got to give it up to him in getting the most out of these players when they don't have, um, I mean, they don't have the talent right now that the the Baylor's, the OU's, and the the OSU's and 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 Texas next week you're going to see. Um, so he's getting the most out of out of what they're what what they have to play with. So uh, getting that out of the way, um, you know, the the game was really. I mean, it was just kind of one of those. It was a dead game from the beginning. Um, I, neither team, in my opinion, came out super super just like amped up. Uh, Oklahoma State definitely didn't. Iowa State seemed to have a pretty good plan moving forward. Um, but, but so what, what were your thoughts, uh, from the bleachers? I, I think you, you hit it, uh, right on the head when you said dead. Uh, I felt like the players, the, the coaches, the, the fans, uh, God, they, the game just felt dead. It felt like it wasn't moving. It, it felt like, like, you know, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, there's a point I, I, I had to get up and walk around because I was like, what let's let's go somebody make me want to stand up and make me you know pretend that I'm at a ball game and I I just felt the team was lacking intensity um it it was almost it had the feel of for whatever reason which we haven't earned that right but for whatever reason we were looking past them on to to the next week I don't know why that would be because we're you know we're in a bye you know an off week and then we got Kansas 
but that's the feel that it had to it. And, uh, you know, I sat up there and, uh, just, just got frustrated. Now, uh, after the second half, you know, of course we go and make adjustments and, uh, you know, our defense comes out and, and our offense kind of gets it going, but it, it's, it's just one of those that we have yet to put, put together four quarters. And even if, um, you think we have put together four quarters, it's been offenses on the first quarter, but defense is not yeah. offenses off the second quarter, but defense is looking good. Well, that's kind of the feel that this game had to, it. um, offense was started out, you know, great, you know, march right down the field, but then third quarter comes and we just, we act like we'd never even held a football before. And so we just kind of go into to a, a stalemate and just give them the opportunity to really, they could have, you know, they had every chance to take the lead on us, but, you know, fortunately when our offense was off, our defense was playing a little better. You know, my brother said up there, Ryan, he, he kept kind of sitting up there and being like, ah, oh, I'm not worried. Nah, it's we'll, we'll get it together, which I, I was complete opposite of what he was feeling because uh, I sat up there in that game in Ames last year and it was the exact same feel. It was like, are we going to ever get on top of these guys and are we going to be able to, you know, keep them there? I just, I just had that uneasy feeling like, let's go, let's get a spark, uh, something to ignite us, to get us going out. And finally that came, you know, in the, in the fourth quarter, but yeah, I just, I thought it was dead and I thought we just had a slow, um, kind of a slow flow to the game. You know, I mean, Jared, one thing that, that like to me really stands out, and you know neither one of us are Yersic fans. Uh, we've we've let it be known, um, and and truth be told, we probably don't give him enough credit for for keeping the offense moving. But here's my that, here's my that's, thing. that's your opinion. Well, here's here's my thing. Like since in my opinion, since he's been here, the the team, especially offensively, tends to play down to their competition. Um, and, and whether it's, whether it's Yersich or whether it's Gundy's influence, um, our offense is just too conservative. Uh, the Oklahoma State offense is too vanilla. And especially when they play teams that it, they should just out talent, they, they don't do anything offensively. And they don't, they don't do anything to try to open up the playbook or really, in my opinion, try to maximize their, their, their advantages. And, you know, and that's what I think frustrates me more than anything, you know, other than the way the game played out. Obviously, Oklahoma State got a win. Uh, you, you just need a win at this point. And so the way they came back, the way that they scored, uh, 24 unanswered, I mean, that was, that was what you want to see. But my question is, why couldn't they do that? in the first half. And I know Mason Rudolph said that Iowa state was coming out in coverages and, and defensive sets that they hadn't shown in film all, all, all season. Well, I guess my question to that is, well, how come Oklahoma state six weeks in isn't implementing things that the other team hasn't seen all season? Exactly. 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 I, I I can't ever, uh, you know, I I never, you know, I don't take too much in, in to consideration when coaches say, well, their team did this, and and we they were throwing things at us that we didn't see. Because my thing is, is well, why did why aren't we doing that? Why aren't people saying that against the, about us? Well, Oklahoma State was showing things that we never because we don't. We we were the same mediocre. Let's just get by, good enough to win. And you're exactly right. I think it 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 what it um what it turns into is we play down to our competition. 
as long as we could be a, a half a step better than the team in front of us and just win, we'll be fine. We kind of take the Al Davis thing. Just win, baby. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I just want to win, too. But, I mean, make it a little easier on a fan sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely that. But it, the other side is I don't think – I think when you compare these two teams, and, and this is to take nothing away from Iowa State and Matt Campbell because, like I said, I mean, he's he's shown the ability to get the most out of his players. And they competed. And really, they took care of business in, in three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, you know, OSU finally turned it on and Iowa State kind of just faltered a little bit. But but so it's not to take anything away from Iowa State, but I mean Oklahoma State should be able to to do what they did in the fourth quarter. Uh, they should be able to do that the whole game. I mean they should just be able to to execute in a way that just proves that they're they're better than Iowa State. And and truthfully, the last two years especially, um, and this isn't even to think that like this OSU team is as good as the you know, the 20, 2011, 2010 through 2013 teams. It's not even to talk about that, but it's just like, when you look at the talent on the, on the, on the board, these games should not as hap should not happen near as often as they have the last two or three years. Yeah. And, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just say, and to me, that's, that's what the bigger problem is when you're looking really at both sides of the ball. You know, I mean, I love Glenn Spencer, but at the same time, like he's shown the ability to make great, great adjustments. But still, like it, to me, it goes the same way. Like if you're, if you're, if you're that much more talented, you shouldn't have to make these drastic adjustments at halftime or in the in the middle of the third quarter to to just show to to show yourself successful. You know, right? I I just. It just is it's mind-boggling, like you said, when our offense comes out there and boom, boom, boom. I mean, just the the first series, you know, we just boom first down, you know, first play, first down, first down. We just drive it right down the field, and then all of a sudden, we can't get a yard. And I'm I'm thinking now, how in the world did that other team make that fast of in-game adjustments that we can't even get a yard and I think it comes down to you know I'm up there calling plays. It's 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 we get stagnant. We get we there's no creativity on the team. And like you said, with uh, you you know offense, I get frustrated like that because I'm I'm thinking why why are we not changing things up? Why are we not doing things to keep keep them on their toes? The most creative play we had was that daggum reverse. Yeah, you know that that got us quite a few yards. And then I thought it was kind of funny that Iowa State. The very next, their very next play, tried to do the exact same play, and we shut it down for you know a three yard loss or, yeah. or whatever. They so I that thought out. that that that's normally you know type of things we do, but defense, yeah, you could say the same thing. I, you know, I get frustrated, Glenn. Why? Why? I, I want to be able to. It seems like Glenn is great at going into halftime and making those halftime second half adjustments, but. I, I want, why, why can't we make those in-game adjustments? Why does it take us a complete half and go around, sit around the chalkboard and all that stuff to make those, you know, second half adjustments? I want to see those in-game adjustments. But also, on defense, I can't fully put it on Glenn. When I'm seeing our guys give him cushion, give him a 10-yard cushion, and we're still getting burnt. You know, I, I understand that I get mad at the coaches when we put them up there man-to-man. And then they they're burning us deep every single time, and I'm like, 
well, why are we playing man-to-man right up on them? Let's give them a, you know, a little bit of a cushion so we can run with them. Well, it's not even that. We're giving them that 10-yard cushion where we ought to be able to run with them, but yet we get turned around and you know juked out of our cleats, and they're, they're still blowing passes even with that cushion. So I just think our we got to do a better job of coaching them, coaching them how to tackle, and I don't know if we're so worried about takeaways and all that stuff that, that we're not – get down to the basics and tackling, but it's that little stuff that's just driving me nuts. It's like we got to correct it and because I'm telling you, we're not going to make it through the run of this schedule playing like we have been playing. Yeah. And, you know, I don't care if we're going to Lawrence our next game after a off week. We we saw how close Lawrence, you know, Lawrence or Kansas had every opportunity to, to beat TCU, you know, so – like you said, with the way defense is, is in this league, you can't look past any team, and we're going to have to get a lot better than where we have been uh, if we want to continue to win, you know, even in this league. Yeah, I, uh, I I completely agree. And, you know, let's before we talk about the good, because the, the, the 24 unanswered points, that's the, the team that, that Oklahoma State fans want to see on both sides right, of the ball. Right. They, they, they showed up on both sides of the ball, but you just kind of look down the stats. The, the thing that jumps out to me, and this is the first time I watched Oklahoma State in person, and, and I know we've talked about it here on the, on the, on the podcast, but Oklahoma State's defense and their ability to cover the middle of the field is absolutely atrocious. I mean, you know, yes. Whitener and, and, uh, Averett, they, they've shown good ability to get up the field to the line, to stuff the middle, to, to make plays around the line of scrimmage. But their ability to, to cover, um, the middle of the field and cover any receivers or tight ends or running backs that come through the middle, like it's just, they have zero ability to make those plays. And, and time and time again, really, Iowa State, they finished seven for 17 on third down conversions. And I, I can think of a couple that were just right over the middle for big gains for, for nine, 10, 12 yard yeah. gains. And I can think of two times that the, their big receiver, Lazard, dropped a third down pass wide open over the middle. And, and he just wasn't able to, to bring in the pass. And, you know, I mean, that, that to me, like, that's something that just hasn't been corrected. Like, they haven't changed anything to, to either provide help for the linebackers in coverage or to just, to change their whole defensive package to cover that up because, um, you know, that's, that's really, it's already hurt them defensively, but it's going to come back to haunt them in a game if they don't find a way to correct that, I think. Yeah, I, absolutely. I just, it's, it's those little things to tackle and, you know, I think we're we are kind of starting to see though, uh, as we start playing better competition. I, I I see where we lack where we're lacking uh, talent. You know, we we lost a lot of guys on on defense last year, and I kind of see where we're lacking that. Uh, you know, I, I watch our ends, and I I'm sorry, but we're struggling. Like we we. We get caught flying up the field, and and I think that's why teams have been able to bounce off the uh, uh, off the tackles uh, on us so well because I don't think our end play is as strong enough. You know, we we've had some ama- tremendous talent uh, over the years at end, and I think uh, at least on one side of the ball um, we're weak there, and and I just think so. Some of it's you know, is it is it schemes? Is it coaching? Is it 
execution, or is it just we're lacking a little bit of talent at a few of those positions uh, to where we're just not where we want to be? So uh, I don't know. Th- things are are going to be interesting for for the Cowboys, uh, you know, here on out. You know. Yeah, and you know, moving forward, that's why a bye week is so great, and for this Oklahoma State team, it's so needed because you know they didn't have Jordan Stearns uh, for this game, and you know the thoughts are hopefully he'll be recovered by the time they go to Lawrence, and also Brelford, uh, one of the de- defensive ends who you know was the starter at the beginning of the season. The the I the thought is that he might be able to be back or at least play some when they go to Lawrence. And so that'll, that'll definitely help on those, on that defensive side of the ball, because I agree. Like, I mean, you're seeing those holes and, you know, some of those people that that left by graduation um, last year, you're, you're seeing those, those holes play out. And so that's why another reason that a bye week will be so valuable, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, not to mention, you know, everyone's banged up when you're halfway through the season. Um, but, but as we move forward, let's, let's kind of recap, you know, Oklahoma State found themselves down 17, 14 at halftime. And then, uh, before you know it, they're down 31 to 14. And, and I mean, it's, <laughs> you talk about a dead stadium. Uh, and there was just absolutely no life whatsoever. Um, and then finally, the Oklahoma State offense just got going. And, and you, when they're down 31 to 14, finally, um, the, the, it went like this. Iowa State scores to go up 31 14. OSU goes five plays, 27 yards and punts. Then a big three and out, three plays, three yards for Iowa State, which was followed by a three play, 55 yard drive that led to, uh, Oklahoma State's first score of the second half. And it was a, uh, it was a, a, a bomb to James Washington, 35 yards. And that really just seemed to, to get everything kick started Oklahoma State's way. Cause the very next possession, Iowa State fumbles on, on their first play. And, uh, Oklahoma State falls out with a seven play drive for another touchdown that, that ended with a James Washington, uh, or sorry, not a James Washington. That was the reverse you talked about that set up, uh, the score, um, where, uh, on, on second goal, Mason Rudolph passes to Jalen McCluskey for a three yard touchdown. Now you're looking at it's 31 28 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And I think at that point, really, um, not that the, the game was a foregone conclusion, but I think at that point you kind of felt like Oklahoma State was going to to be able to pull off the win, um, and it, it it wasn't without its its excitement. But but you know they the Grogan kicks a field goal to tie it up, and then the defense. I mean, you look at after after Iowa State scores that touchdown to go up thirty one fourteen. This is this is their these are their series punt fumble punt interception punt loss of downs and then the end of game and so the defense absolutely came came up to the call and then the offense finally paid them back and you saw Rudolph uh, start getting in a groove um, and and really when you look at the good side of things Jared what what stuck it stood out to you during that 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 second half and especially that fourth quarter. Uh- well, defense. I mean, I think we 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 talked about earlier how you know offense kind of got in that third quarter lull and we couldn't get anything going, and then defense would come up with a big stop, you know, you know, on a fourth down play or a turnover, and we always talk about the momentum and like here it is, it's ours. Let's let's capitalize on it. Let's really get it going, but we just couldn't seem to do it. So I think defense to be able to come back, you know. 
sometimes you get a big play, all the momentum's going your way, then your offense comes out and goes three and out. It's really easy to lose that momentum and be like, wow. But defense seemed to keep coming back up with the big play, keep turning the ball over to our offense to where eventually, finally, you know, they kind of really got it going in that fourth quarter. So I think the positive, uh, you have to look at um, at our defense, uh, you know, that second half on, I, I thought we really stepped up, made a lot of big plays. Um, the tackling still struggled. I don't think it was the best. No, it wasn't. But, but, but just the ability to create turnovers and, you know, create big plays to give our offense uh, the opportunity. And uh, special teams, I think, you know, I'm not huge on, I'm not a, I don't always have my faith in Grogan, but uh, even if, you know, even though it wasn't like a 50 yard field goal uh, anymore, it seems like, Hey, if we get a field goal, that's a win. So uh, just, just the way, you know, teams are blocking field goals and, you know, all that. So um, are, are able to, you know, I think signer comes up with the big punt to kind of pin him back you know, a ways, and then uh, we get that field goal and we kind of get rolling. So I just think our defense was what kind of stepped up in that second half uh, for us. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you mentioned Signer. I mean, he's 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 been such a valuable weapon to, to the field position game. I read somewhere where uh, the average starting field position for Iowa state was, was 21 yards and for Oklahoma state was, uh, was the 21 yard line for Oklahoma state. I think it was either the 35 or 36 yard line. And really a lot of that can be attributed to signer. And, and, and that happens almost every game. And, you know, he's not a Quinn sharp, you know, who was, who was all American who just had the booming leg. Um, you know he's not sharp. He he averaged forty yards a punt, and uh, you know maybe it's just more of a sign of the offense's inability to to sustain drives. But but you know there are oftentimes he's punting from around his own thirty five or forty yard line, and you know he does such a good job of just pinning the team um, inside or around the twenty. And so uh, you know he's kind of an unsung hero. And like you said, Grogan did everything you needed him to do. He was one for one. Uh, extra uh when field goal attempts five for five for extra points and so um you know those those people stepped up and and uh, let's talk about you know some of the players you know justice hill was trying to be the become the first freshman to rush for 300 yards or uh, 100 yards in three straight games uh he he finished well short of that he he had uh uh, 18 carries for 57 yards. Iowa State did a really good job of spying him around the line. And really, um, the, the Oklahoma State line, you know, they were missing Larry Williams. And, and I think it showed a little bit. And because the line was not as strong as, as they have been the last couple of weeks, in my opinion. Um, but, but, you know, that notwithstanding, Washington, uh, does Washington things. Eight catches, 152 yards and two touchdowns. And both of those touchdowns, one of them was the eventual game winner on a, on a, uh, they call it a fade route, but I think it was more like an out route. <laughs> um, but, um, but you know, and, and so you saw him step up, but, but let's talk about Mason Rudolph for a second. Um, he, he did everything you needed him to do to win. He finished with 351 yards on four, uh, 351 yards on 26 of 44 passing and four touchdowns. Uh, zero interceptions. Um, he was smart with the ball, but but Jared, from my vantage point, his passes never looked good. 
Um, you know, every one of them was sailing. He definitely was not was not on target. I mean, at twenty six of forty four, that's not. Um, you know, those aren't great percentage numbers. You know, he got the yards, but it took him it took him a, a lot of attempts to get there. Um, you know, he's a gamer. He came through when the team needed him. But I mean, what did you think? Did his passes? I mean, how did they look to you? Yeah, and I think you mentioned it, and I know my brother mentioned it earlier. You know wondering you know is is he injured you know he's looking like that you know he's having an issue with the thumb or something where he's not getting a grip i don't want to speculate anything but it it kind of it leaves the question what what's up with him because you're right he is selling no balls and everything is just it doesn't have the crisp uh you know jet it usually it usually has on it uh he's leaving things short and then he's selling them over receivers so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's definitely something, you know, you're not going to hear from Gundy and you're not going to hear him come out and say he's injured, you know, unless, you know, it keeps him from, you know, playing. But uh, it, it makes you wonder, you know, whether he's 100% there. But the, the the stuff I'm noticing from Rudolph is we talked about all year how his pocket awareness has been better. He, his ability to, uh, you know, stay in the pocket, you know, throw the pass, but yet feel his backside and, and flee the pocket, you know, when, when, when need be. And, uh, but the thing I, I, I feel that especially this game, uh, he wasn't doing it. He, he's holding on to the ball too long. It, you know, I, I watch those guys and, and I'm wondering why aren't we throwing over the middle? But it, I feel always feel like it, they're our last progression to look at. And, and when they're wide open, he, he he holds on to the ball. He he's too late with it. Uh, I think he needs to he needs to get the ball out quicker. It's that that second to three second makes a huge difference as far as when a receive whether a receiver is wide open or covered. And uh, I think I think he's holding on to the ball too long. Uh, I don't know if he's just waiting for that deep guy to get open. And then, you know, realizing, well, he's not going to get it, so let's go to the middle, but then it's too late. But that's what I'm saying. I think we need to start our progressions almost from the inside out. I feel like we're relying too much on that deep threat ball, and we're missing a lot of opportunities over the middle. McCleskey and Washington flying wide open a lot of times over the middle, but yet we it's too late when we see him. Yeah. So he's got he's to get rid of the ball quicker. And uh, he's got to tighten up his passes. I don't know what his deal is, whether he's hurt, whether he's not, uh, whether he's just trying to put too much touch on the ball. But you look at his stats and you think, well, I mean, it's a pretty good outing. But it could have been that much better. And uh, we just expect a lot more. And we're not going to win those close, tight games with that type of quarterback play. Yeah, and I think that's key. Just it's it's more about moving forward. I mean, I think you're 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 grateful that you you showed the moxie to come back to from seventeen down, score twenty four unanswered. Um, you know, the we won't even mention Gundy's mismanagement of the clock again. Uh, you know, we won't even we don't even need to go there. We all know that he just he needs to like hire a grad assistant to to run end of game uh, clock management for him, but. Um, but but it's just moving forward. You know, they have the bye week, then they have Kansas, um, then West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas Tech, 
you know, TCU, OU, like, I mean, as it, as, as the second half of this season moves forward, I mean, you know, Lawrence for Oklahoma State is never an easy place to play. For some reason, it's always kind of a dogfight. And, and then, you know, West Virginia at home, West Virginia, they're still undefeated. I mean, they've done everything they need to do. Uh, K State in Manhattan is a, I mean, Oklahoma State hardly ever is competitive in Manhattan you know, let alone comes away with the victory. And, you know, and then Texas Tech is just a shootout every year. And then at TCU, which, you know, and at OU. So, I mean, when you when you move forward, uh, Oklahoma State needs Rudolph to be sharper. Like, they need him to – I mean, he's making good decisions, but now his, his decision-making and his performance need to – they need to match up. Because, like you said, it's it, – when you look at it, I mean, the four touchdowns and zero interceptions, that's the big thing to me. Um, over 350 yards passing, but, but if, if, if he could have just been a little bit more accurate um, – you know, he a wouldn't have had to have so many pass attempts, but but his numbers could have been even that much better. And I don't think you're in the the dogfight you're in, um, be, because it's it's he's in three years he's always floated his deep passes. I mean that's it's we've always seen that, but but in this game it was his intermediate passes. I mean he was throwing the ball ten feet over their head every once in a while. Um, and so that's just something I think to keep an eye on. Hopefully this bye week is an opportunity for this Oklahoma State team to regroup and heal up and just, and just get rest. Um, but Jared, you know, we've, this has already kind of turned into a long episode. Um, but, but we need to talk about one more team because it's actually the team with the best record in the state of Oklahoma. And that's the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Um, you know, they put for the second game in a row, they go to overtime and, uh, it was not a pretty game. I will say that. Did you, did you have an opportunity to watch any of it? I did not watch any of it at all. I was out of town. Well, not able to. Um, you know, they, it was an ugly game. Tulsa was penalized 17 times for 149 yards. And, you know, last week in our in our preview, you know, we kind of felt like Tulsa would, would really take care of business um, against the SMU team that th- thus far hasn't shown the ability to put up a whole bunch of points. Well, they, they, they put up a whole bunch of points against against TU. But, but once again... Uh, TU did what they needed to do to to win in overtime, forty three to forty. Um, but but it was it was a shootout from the beginning. I mean, uh, SMU jumped on him. It was fourteen to ten uh, after the first quarter, and then uh, Tulsa took the lead right before halftime. Uh, Raymond Taylor, who was a, a former Oklahoma State running back last year. Um, put put the Golden Hurricane ahead, and you 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 went into the locker room kind of thinking, okay, well this is this is where Tulsa will turn it on, um, but it just it, it it just never happened. I mean SMU was here, they were here for the fight, and and they took it to Tulsa, and and they just exchanged exchanged blows, and um, but but I got to tell you, Jared, because now I've got to see them play their last two games, um, the resiliency of this team is is like nothing else. I mean, they've, they, they just, they just find ways to be competitive and they find ways in the end to, to pull off the win. And I mean, that's, that's sometimes that's all you can ask for, especially when you get into conference play. Um, but, but this team, I mean, they're fun to watch. They're, they're fun to, to, to watch. I mean, it's, I'm kind of looking through all their drives and, and, you know, it, it looked as though, uh, uh, Tulsa was, was going to, to go ahead and win, they were up thirty, thirty-seven, thirty-four, 
And uh, they were up, uh, yeah, 37-34, and SMU kicked a field goal as time expired. Um, Josh Williams kicked a 25-yard field goal to send it to overtime. But then you saw the defense step up, and then Dane Evans, the senior quarterback, uh, they they stepped up to force a field goal, and then Dane Evans, the senior quarterback, ran a ran an option read, uh, 14 yards, uh, pretty much untouched into the end zone for the big hurricane win. Um, but but uh, I mean, it was just it was like I said, it was an ugly game, but it was such a competitive game. And and once again, we watched this Tulsa running attack go for over 300 yards. And, you know, I think in our preview edition, we, we, we talked that, you know, they've got good running backs returning, but I got to tell you, Jared, I never would have expected them to have over, they were, they've already got three 300 yard rushing games this season. And I, I would not have expected that at all. I wouldn't either. They need to bring that over to, to uh, Stillwater and uh, <laughs> kind of shows how, shows how to do it a little bit. I, kind of keeping up with the game on my phone and and i thought kind of the same thing i thought uh here we here 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 they go every opportunity to put the game away and kind of you know take advantage of, of you know being better than this team and and they take it to overtime but but i think it shows a lot about a team when you know you know when you've been tested like that well, well this is now the second overtime game they have yeah second in a row yeah yeah second in a row but you know, you don't like to take it there, but the fact that you can go there and then come out of it with the W does show that re- resiliency uh, you, you spoke of. And so uh, they're getting it done. Like you said, not pretty, but but hey, they're rolling, and now they got a fun matchup in, in Houston coming up. So uh, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, well, and I want to mention before we, we start talking about that Houston game, so D'Angelo Brewer, 38 carries. I mean, 38 carries. You just don't see that a whole lot wow. in college football these days. 182 yards and a touchdown. And then James Flanders, the 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 one-two punch, 13 carries, 132 yards and a touchdown. And it was a he had a 61-yard scamper there in the first half that really kind of got Tulsa on track offensively. But then the other thing, you know, Dane Evans uh, – finished 25 of 44 247 yards one touchdown he did throw a pick but but he's he's finding his two big targets Josh Atkinson and Keevan Lucas for the second game in a row they also went over 100 yards receiving and so this team uh for two games in a row they've had two 100 yard rushers and two 100 yard receivers um so it's just it's it's just kind of fun watching them spread the ball around um, and, and really, uh, those receivers, they did the work, uh, only three Tulsa receivers caught a pass. And so Atkinson had 11 catches and Lucas had 12 and then Justin Hobbs picked up a couple and they were a couple big catches as well. But so, like we said, it was not a pretty game, but, but Tulsa came out victorious and now you move ahead to next week and they're playing at Houston. Um, it'll be a 6 PM game on ESPN two and, uh, you know, Jared, you just look at kind of the numbers and, and ESPN's FPI matchup predictor is giving Houston a 90% chance to win. Yeah. So, um, obviously the, the deck is stacked against Tulsa, but, but, you know, what do you, what do you want to see or what will Tulsa need to do? Um, Houston obviously has shown the, they can lose. Um, yeah, they lose 46 40 to, to Navy. Um, up in Annapolis, and so what does Tulsa need to do to to come out with a win there in Houston? Uh, well, I mean they gotta they gotta stop Ward. I mean he, you know, he's coming in with a lot of yards and a lot of TDs, and 
he's kind of been uh, Houston's one of those uh, slinging around type teams. So um, I think you, I think a team like Houston, uh, you, you you play pass protection. You 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 know my game plans to is to stop to stop the quarterback. Stop the you know a lot of teams times teams say hey let's stop the run. You always want to stop the run, but in a team like this, I think. Uh, if you make them run, uh, you're going to be better off with them because then you're going to have them playing your game and uh, it's going to slow things down uh, for you and they're not going to be able to play that, you know, run and gun, up-tempo up type offense, you know, they're used to. The the other thing is, is uh, you have to come out swinging because Houston come coming off of, Houston's coming off a big-time uh, loss that really uh, – dampered their spirits and uh they're they're going to be coming out with a little bit of vengeance they're probably going to be it could go one or two ways with them they're going to be a little po the fact that they they may have they blew their chances at a playoff berth but then on the other time they could be thinking well we blew our chances at the playoff berth we ain't got much fight left in us so i think you just got to come out swinging and, and, and shut down ward and uh because he he's both, I, I believe he's their their top rusher too. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know if he's their top, but he produces. I don't know if he's leading, but he produces a lot of yards uh, per game. So shut Ward down, and I think you have a chance. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's a good point. And the other thing I think Navy showed is, you know, if you can kind of control the clock and if you can run the football. Um, you know, you're going to have a chance to be successful. Navy rushed for uh, 306 yards in the game. And so, uh, you know, Houston showed the ability that, well, maybe that, you know, and I know the option attack for Navy is you don't see it very often. Um, but, uh, you know, that'll just be something to watch. I agree. If you can figure out a way to get Ward off his game, I mean, that's how you're going to be effective. But I mean, you know, Ward, uh, he finished with 94 yards rushing and, uh, 359 yards passing against Navy, but he did have two interceptions. And so, you know, I, I agree, you know, it may have been better for Tulsa if, if Navy, if Navy would not have won, um, this week, it, you know, cause Houston probably will come and refocus a little bit, but I mean, you've got to at least feel like, well, Navy showed Tulsa what you can do to win. And, and apparently that's run the football. And, and if anything, Tulsa's shown that they can run the football this year. And so, you know, you add, you know, Navy's not going to pass the ball very much, but so if you can add Dane Evans's ability uh, to throw the ball around, um, I think it, at, at the very least, you've got to feel like Tulsa has, has more, um, they're probably thinking they have more opportunity now than they did last week, you know? Right. I, they definitely kind of exposed some of their weaknesses on defense and, and uh, I think uh, some of that was probably in the rushing game and, and, like you said, you know, with Tulsa having that that uh, having that rushing game, you know, this year, uh, that could pose a you know threat against Houston. So uh, it'll be fun. It'll be uh, interesting. I'm, I'm. Wouldn't it be awesome though, just to, to shut them down and give Tulsa this momentum? You know, he, you know, finishing out, you know, American Conference or whatever. Just, just man, it'd be awesome. I, I, I just. I would love to see Tulsa in the big time bowl. Yeah, I mean it would it, it would be great. I mean this is you know it's one of those games. No one's going to give Tulsa 
uh, really a chance. And so, I mean, if you're Coach Philip Montgomery, you just got to be telling your players, hey, it's you and against the world. And let's just go. Um, let's go do something no one no one thought we could. And uh, now they've got some game film to to maybe see how how they could use their strengths to to combat Houston's strengths. And so Absolutely. I just I, I definitely hope it's a competitive game. But like you said, I mean, if Tulsa could could come away with this victory, I mean, they're they're going to be sitting in a in a position where they could go on a run in that American Athletic Conference. So um, it, yep. it should be fun. Six o'clock on ESPN two. So second week in a row they'll be on national TV. And um, so if if you have an opportunity to check them out, uh, I strongly strongly encourage you to do that. Uh, well, Jared, um, you know, that about wraps it up for this show. Do you got anything else you'd like to add as we as we say so long? I think that's about it. I know uh, it was an exciting week. It's always good to go 3-0. Uh, unfortunately, we won't be able to do that this week because, you know, Cowboys are off. But I'd love to go 2-0. And uh, hopefully we can get that done. And uh, right now, I think it's, it's, it's about debate time. It's time to watch that presidential debate and see what kind of uh words of wisdom these two candidates can throw at us oh this is not a (laughs) this is not a political podcast (laughs) yeah i know know. um trust me i'm not going there anyways because i don't want to talk about it yeah i just happened to walk by and notice it was on the tv so (laughs) well anyways uh, for the Oklahoma Sports Show, I'm Jason Evans, and that is Jared Kennedy. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at OK Sports Show. You can also find us on Facebook. Um, head to OklahomaTalking.co, and you can get uh, blog posts. You can find all our old episodes. And you can also go to Medium.com, and you can find us there uh, for those blog posts and everything like that. And uh, also, don't forget, download, uh, subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or on your podcast app of choice, and uh, leave us a, a nice rating. And uh, you can always email us at Show at gmail.com. We would love to interact with you. So uh, that's it for this episode. We'll be back next week to recap the, the big games, and uh, we hope you have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you later. All right, see you.